Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 236. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, this week we speak to Tom Ravlick, investigative journalist, author and academic, who's had decades of experience reporting on and analysing um, regulatory affairs for local and international media. We spoke to Tom once before uh, on this podcast about his latest book called Rorts and Ripoffs, which has been tagged as a guide to protect your money from fraud, fraud phishing and scams. But this time we speak to Tom about, uh, well, about finding an advisor, financial advisor or tax agent, what to look for, what to ask about, and how you can best be placed, pl- best place yourself to uh, to have the best outcome in your selection of, adv- of advisor. It's also um, good for practitioners themselves as to what you can give to clients when they walk in the door to reassure them that you are the best person for the job. Uh, let's see what Tom has to say. Tom Ravlick, thanks very much for being with us in the Tax Rap podcast. It's very good of you to vote some of your time. No, that's fine, Steve. Absolute pleasure. Now, we're, we're talking today, uh, listeners, about advisors and how people deal with advisors and tax agents. Tom, can you tell us just briefly, what are the, some of the challenges that non-experts, like our clients, that non-experts face when dealing with advisors? Okay, there are a few, there are a few things that people need to think about when uh, we look at the issue of non-experts. So it's the average mum and dad out on the street. Right. They rely on advisors and their expertise. Yep. They need um, they need high quality advice, but also there's something else. They can also be susceptible to and uh, vulnerable to um, people who prey on the non-expert. Oh, that is, yep. they're, 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 they're in 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 a sense that whether you got scammers or whether you got people that are uh, of the ilk. Right. that want to you know, fleece people of, of money or make recommendations so related to products or services that end up giving the person advising a kind of a kickback. So oh, this right. is one of, the, one of the things I covered in my most recent book, for example, Rorts and Ripoffs, and certainly something that came up in, during the Banking Royal Commission uh, yeah, when yeah. Kenneth Hayne and his colleagues gave the bankers an absolute bollocking in the docks. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the thing being... Um, People are vulnerable, they need help, and they need good, solid financial advice or yep. even tax advice. Sometimes they get the charlatans at the other end, and that, that I guess, is what we're talking today. Yes, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, there, are, there can be problems when taking advice because our clients mostly, well, they need advice, therefore they don't know what their, um, the, the details. What sort, of problems, yep. what sort of problems can people encounter with financial advisors and tax agents? Okay. They may not be aware that there are uh, a range of things that uh, advisors and agents need, tax agents need to need to have as qualifications. So, yep. somebody may come across as being knowledgeable. Um, what they say might be plausible to an untrained ear. Right. But the average person, the, the mum and dad out there, needs to get a better feel for whether what they're hearing is actually coming from someone that has the necessary qualifications, training, and legal recognition. Right, right. But that's the thing. You, you, you trust 
advisors. I mean, that's the thing. You go to an advisor to get trusted advice. It's very hard to tell sometimes. It can be hard to tell, and uh, we can go through some of the key flags, if you like, or key indicators that people should be keeping an eye on uh, to make sure that they are getting some kind of advice that is high quality and also uh, comes from people that are appropriately uh, registered, appropriately qualified, um, and also subject to disciplinary uh, action should they get something wrong. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I suppose, that's at the other end of the problem. If they can be disciplined, that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is this why, I mean, a lot of the times I see sort of warnings out there for people and says um, it's recommended that you look for a member of a professional body. Well, why is that important? One of the things that a professional body will have, generally speaking, is a base level of qualification for a member. Now, that can be a body for tax agents or it can be a general body for accountants, but there will be a minimum requirement that people need to meet for education. Right. And that then, and membership of a professional body to some extent provides someone with that uh, knowledge that the person that has become a member of one of the many professional bodies in this country that have professional advisors or tax agents associated with them has met a minimum requirement in terms of subject matter knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Is it it a matter of looking at the wall behind the advisor and seeing if there's certificates on the wall? What's the best way to check? Okay, there are several things things people can do. One is uh, ask the advisor directly when they first first meet them. Mm -hmm. Uh, If there's an indication on the door... Uh, that they're a member of a body, you know, a, a decal or a sticker or a oh, yes. certificate at the back. Well, well that's fine. Yeah. Uh, they can also check with a professional body uh, on on a website. Some of them have got find an accountant, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they may be able to see whether the accountant they want to engage with uh, is a member of the body and is listed on, on an online directory. Yeah. So yeah. you've got that kind of thing Uh people can use. Uh, the other thing we'll touch on in a, in a little while, I guess, is the uh, Tax Practitioners Board Register of Agents, oh, yeah, yeah. which is also a source of that kind of information. Yeah. The tr- I suppose the trouble is that so that, that mums and dads kind of should do some homework, but not every mum and dad does do their homework, do they? If they walk in the no. door, they get on the phone. I mean, what, what's the best situation for them to, to find good advice? Okay. If they're, if, if they're looking for an if, – if we go through the, the, the various steps, yep. first thing, the first thing is check uh, whether someone's a member of a professional body. Yep. Ask the question, okay? Yep. If someone's afraid to answer that, then there's a problem. Uh, yeah. Right, it's a very ba- it's a very basic question. Are you a member of a professional body yep. uh, in 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 your area? In your area, are you a CPA? Are you a um, member of CANS, the Chartered Accountants Body? Are you a member of the Institute of Public Accountants? Are you a member of, for example, Timepal in the Tax and Super World? Right. Um, all of those things will matter uh, from the point of view of getting a feel for what the professional credentials are of the person that you're thinking about dealing with. Right, right. If you then move on to the next stage, um, in terms of professional bodies, people will have or should have 
a practicing certificate from their professional body, ah. which uh, which says they've done some additional training and have also got professional indemnity insurance as part of that. Yep. Um, so they can offer, they can not only offer themselves out uh, to provide services, but also the person that is their client may be able to claim something back if something does go wrong. Oh, of course. Uh, from, from the PI insurance. So you've got uh, that, that possibility as well. Now, we've covered membership of a professional body. Yep. We've covered practicing certificates or a certificate of public practice. Right, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah, yep, go on. Professional insurance. Yep. The next critical point is also the need for people to ask whether the advisor is appropriately registered. That is, you know, they might be a member of a professional body. Yep. They might have a practicing certificate. But are they eligible to offer tax advice? Are, are they permitted to offer tax advice I see. under law? Okay? I see. So registration is a different thing. It's another step. Registration. Now that's another step, Kintari. Right. So it, it, it's to, um, and that is the question the punters need to ask. Yeah. Yep. Let's use me as an example. Okay. Um, I'm a member of a professional accounting body. Yep. But I don't offer advisory services, so I don't have a practicing certificate and I could not offer tax advice because right. I'm not a registered tax advisor. Right, okay. Um, so in my case, yes, I'm a member of a professional body. Yes, I'm I've got uh, several qualifications to my name, but I don't uh, have the requisite registration to be able to provide certain kinds of advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, to people in the marketplace. Right. So I could not offer taxation services to people. Right, okay. I'm not registered to do that. So, so really, you could, you could be, I could as come off the street, talk to like a Nobel laureate in the world of tax. They're, they're very knowledgeable. They've written volumes. If they don't have that bit of paper, they can't tell me what to do with my tax, basically. They can't, they can't offer you advice. So they, right. they, need to, they need to be registered with... Uh, the tax practitioners board in order yep. to do that. Now, the big tip for everybody out there yep. is they can check uh, on the actual website of the tax practitioners board right. whether the person they're dealing with is registered to provide tax advice. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a good first place with, to visit. Uh, it is. It is an essential place to visit. Right. Um, in order to get that basic intelligence about who you're dealing with. But there's something else, Steve. It, 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 we run the risk of making it sound like an MTEL ad, but there is something else. Okay. And that is... <laughs> that nice. Um, yeah, there is something <laughs> else, and that is the, the fact that friends and family may have people they trust. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. So people can talk to friends and family about which tax agents they use, um, who the, who's knowledgeable, uh, what their expertise is, what industry they're in, yep. or what in industries they specialise in, um, and perhaps get an introduction that way and have an initial meeting. Yep. That doesn't mean the person that, that suits somebody's friends or somebody's um, a family, yep. a member, is necessarily going to suit you know, the individual looking for an advisor. 
no. That that takes the next point, I guess, Steve, which yep. is um, people do need to go with their gut feel as well. Oh, I um, So if you're if you're not feeling comfortable, nobody's compelling you to take advice from that particular person. Yep. Um, the you know you are in a position where you can you you've not committed any yourself to anyone. All you've done is had a conversation to work out yep. whether you, you feel comfortable taking advice from someone and then it moves on from there. Yeah. Is it behoven on the advisor to provide clients with those sort of details from the outset? Like to say, look, I'm a member of this body. Here's my practice certificate. Here's, here's my registration. Just to tell them. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh. yep, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. But it, what we also need to be cognizant of is sometimes the conversation may not uh, get there, right? right. Or may, may, may be a different kind of uh, kind of discourse. Um, it depends on um, how how the the potential advisor and the potential client right. meet up or, or start start the conversation. I guess, but yeah, yeah. yes, the, the, a, a person that is transparent will do that from the get go. Right, uh, but that does not mean the yeah, that it, that possibility of you know upfront transparent disclosure removes the obligation on the on on the individual to make sure that yep. they get that information from yes. the accountant yep. or the financial planner or right. whoever it happens to be they're talking to. Right. Okay. I, I, not to not to labour the point, but you mentioned the step two is to ascertain whether the, the person has a practicing certificate. I mean, is that always a piece of paper in a, in a frame on the wall? I mean, how, do, how do they, what's, what does the practising certificate look like? Uh, it, oh, look, uh, members of uh, professional bodies will get some kind of recognition for that. Yep. Um, but the other issue is that, you know, the, the client is also able to ring the professional body and, and, and ascertain whether the person that has told them has got a practicing certificate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does in fact have one. So the client's in a position to to ask those questions as well. It's funny. It's, it's, it's where we've come to, I suppose, in the world today is that if I was shown a printout of a piece of paper that looks fancy, I'd, I, I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> I want to know that it was backed up by a body somewhere. Uh, look, it, it's important that people are aware that they're empowered to ask those questions. It's, yeah. They're not... Um, they're not in a. They're not powerless, Steve, and I think that is one of the more critical points to make in this particular podcast. And that is yep. the way in which the client approaches it, and if they've got certain things in mind to ask, yep. it means they walk into a room with a better idea of what they need from the person on the other side. Yep. Yep. Now, it, there's another thing that we should mention before we move on, and that is. On the one hand, you've got the Tax Practitioners Board, which gives you insight into the world of tax agents and others. Yep. Uh, but our corporate regulator oh, yeah. uh, has, uh, has a website called you know, Money Smart, moneysmart.gov.au. Yep, yep, yep. And on that website, people will find tips on you know, various financial products and other things. So if they walk into a room, and want to talk to an individual about a financial planning issue. Yep. Um, they they need to know whether the person is 
legally allowed to provide financial services advice, similarly to a tax agent. Yep. Not, you know, they've got to be registered and then explore the products that they're interested in. So they walk into a room knowledgeable. Right, right. Yeah, with that knowledge under their belt already. <clears throat> Tom, yeah, and it also inoculates people from being um, being dotted along the way and being oh, yeah. swayed. I mean, if, you, if you've thought about it beforehand and you've got a list of questions you need to ask, yep. you're less likely to be drawn into a, a discussion. I mean, not so long ago, a friend of mine uh, had a discussion with a uh, person trying to flog them uh, a loan product. All right. And... They went through a whole heap of whole, whole sort of general conversation. The way the story goes is that a friend of mine wanted numbers on paper. They wanted something that that, that gave them a an idea of how a certain product was going to benefit them. Yep. That's how the, the that 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 conversation ended fairly rapidly, as far as I really? can tell, because there was no yeah. You know, the the friend this friend of mine asked some tough questions and didn't get the answers that. Uh, that they wanted. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, it so was it's like, important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. So, Tom, you've you mentioned um, a member of a body practicing to the certificate be appropriately registered. Do practitioners need to have any other sorts of bits of paper? I, I, I air quote bits of paper um, before they can um, go into business. Well, I think you need to. They need to be appropriately registered, as we've said. If they want right. to do be accredited advisor, they need to have. Good, uh, the relevant license for that, they need, or if they want to deal with financial services, they need to have a relevant qualification or a license for that. The same with being a tax agent, they've got to be have a relevant license registration rather yeah, yeah. For, for being a tax agent or a BAS agent. Um, so all of that needs to be done by the nice. practitioner if that's the space they want to operate in. Right, right. I suppose it, 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 to, to get a practicing certificate, you'd have to be uh, appropriately qualified along the way. Can I ask a little bit about now, every mum and dad will walk into an office, uh, probably one of the first things that will spring into clients' minds is fees. Um, about fees, what about the setting of fees and the level of fees? How, how can people check up on that uh, efficiently? Uh, the setting of fees is usually between the, the, the client and the accountant. So there's no real... Uh, control on that. I think uh, you'll find that even professional bodies don't enter into that area yep. as a commercial dispute. Um, back in the back in the dark ages, when I worked for a couple of professional organisations, yeah. one of the things you occasionally got was a phone call from a member of the public saying, "My, I don't believe my accountant has charged me." well or the charge is exorbitant right, right. Uh, that's not a matter for discipline it's a matter for a small claims tribunal if they've been they if they believe they've been done it in some way right, right. Um, you would normally have a disciplinary issue if the member of a professional body has failed to submit things on time or has failed to do other things on time. Okay. I think you'll, uh, and and has failed to meet the ethical requirements as yeah, set yeah. out in um, the various pieces of, of literature. Yep. Um, and, you know, and, and there are ethical requirements that impact on tax agents, auditors, liquidators, yep. all those sorts of individuals. So, you know, people just need to be aware that, you uh, 
if they strike, for example, a tax agent that does the wrong thing by them, right. they can complain to uh, the Tax Practitioners Board. Yep. They can also complain to the relevant professional body right. about the conduct of the person who is uh, who they've chosen as an advisor. Right. If yep. there's a major issue, so, so in understanding in yep. understanding all of that, Steve, yep. um, uh, the average person is empowered and knows that they can contact the uh, registering authority. They can yep. also contact the uh, the professional body. Right, so, so fees aren't something that can be prescribed, but I suppose the, the t- time time honoured advice is shop around. Yeah, shop around uh, and then see what you've got. I mean, there, there are people who are probably uh, listening to this who may just need an income tax return done. Right. You know, they may, they may rock up and uh, go to a H&R block or an ITP, right? Right. But there are others, there are others who will want, uh, want to get special uh, attention and special, um, uh, I guess, service from a specific accountant that covers uh, various areas that they yeah. may need in, in their life, whether it be, you know, things like uh, tax return, yep. um, estate planning, and a range oh, of yeah. other things that come into thinking about, you know, but, yeah. Particularly with, um, if I can put it this way, end of life planning. You know, given that people are thinking about retirement or what happens to right. their wealth when when they pass on. So there's that's a raft right. of issues that that, that, that that people might want to deal with. That's just, that's when things get complicated and capital gains on, say, foreign ownership. There's all these been rule changes in the recent years that makes a big difference. So yeah. Uh, again, it's I suppose up to the uh, consumer to to know if their problem's complicated or not. Absolutely, but but the base level, but the base level uh, knowledge that uh, the consumers have to have is that there are rules in place yep. that regulate the conduct of advisors, right. and they need to know what uh, things to ask for, yep. so that they at least have the confidence. All right. That they they've got somebody who is uh, of a reasonable quality advising yeah. them. Are there, are there, Tom? Are there other things people can do in the process of selecting an advisor? Look, I think the the, the best uh, the best thing for people to do is think about what they need an advisor for. Right. Uh, if it's a tax issue or a superannuation issue. Um, yeah, look at the relevant websites, look at the TPB website, look at the ASIC website, the moneysmart.gov.au and learn a bit more about the area in which you need advice right. and what and what the advisor needs to have to be able to advise you under law. To give the audience. I think that... Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the most critical thing. That the worst thing for a consumer is to feel as if they're disempowered. Ah, uh, right, yes. Well, then, okay. then, yeah, then they're more in position and, to take anything, any advice, considered or not. Yeah, I think they need that. that, that that's the, the core message mm. that I want to leave the listeners with, and that is you are empowered to ask questions. Right, right. Uh, just because you're dealing with a subject matter expert at the other end of the table yeah. does not mean that you should feel afraid of asking questions. Right, right. Like, you know, things like, well, where did all those degrees come from? It, it, 
I can see they didn't come, and they, they apparently didn't come out of a wheat bix packet, right? <laughs> so all of that, all of that, and more. So I think oh. you, people, people listening to this need to know yeah. that part of the solution to getting good advice is in their hands, and that is making sure they ask the right questions when they first connect with somebody, and they continue to ask the questions while they retain that particular advisor. Okay, right, got good, good message, right, good to know, and I think it's good to, for people to take your advice when seeking advice, financial or tax, etc., because uh, it just matters so much. It can make such a big difference in the people's outcomes. Absolutely, and obviously, I've covered that uh, in my most recent book in a, in a fairly lengthy chapter. Yes, uh, the book's called Wilson and Repulse, Obviously, yep, yep. We, we spoke to you um, in an earlier podcast about that wonderful book. Which chapter you were going to mention? Oh, the, the chapter that deals with professional um, advisors and, and takes yep. people through some of the questions they need to ask. So there's a fair oh, bit in that. Uh, and if people want to uh, read more, they can, they can obviously uh, look the book up. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the transcript when we get that up on the website. All right, Tom, um, thank you very much for your time today. Um, you've had some valuable advice and uh, I look forward to speaking with you next time. Look, Steve, thank you so much and thanks to the listeners for taking the trouble to, to listen to both of us and yep. hopefully this helps them in the upcoming tax season.